Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing shielding the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo will for you come Coming at you with stats and things, flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, so just do your best. (laughs) That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. (laughs) Just go with what you saw today. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. You'll be wrong often, but then you can just point back to when you were right. No one will remember. No one's listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very exciting edition of Birds with Friends. Bo Wolf here in my basement. Sheila Kapadia there. In his and coming up on the show today, we've got the annual Duck Duck Juice Draft in which Sheila and I will draft the position groups we think are likeliest for the Eagles to address in the upcoming NFL draft uh, with points disseminated based on how high those positions are picked. We've got your questions in bird getting a bird in edgewise. And we've also got some other stuff. And listen, if you want to know how this show is going to go, I'm going to read you this text exchange from Sheila and I earlier in the week. Shield texts, have an April Fool's take to unload tomorrow on the pod. I say, oh, good, I'm excited. I have a music lyrics anecdote. And Shield responds, shaping up to be an epic show. So hopefully we can deliver. I think it's going to be a lot of football draft talk, though. We're getting into it today. Uh, we are getting into it. Uh, would you like – I guess I guess we can talk Let's about get anything else it. that's going on Eagles-wise. We had the Jordan Howard presser. I got a chance to uh, try my hand at the Shukapadia press conference recap tweet. What were the Very three exciting. most? What were the three most interesting things you learned from the Jordan Howard press conference? Good question. Number one was um, he was wearing a pendant with uh, his parents and him when he was younger around his around his neck and had an open chest, so it was uh, really on display. His father passed away when he was twelve years old. I think Zach Berman. For the Inquirer, wrote a, wrote a little piece on it, talked to his mom. So uh, that was interesting, I thought. The second most interesting thing was that he knew the Eagles were going to trade for him uh, about a month ago. That's what, that, what, that's what his agent told him. So uh, this was not the case where uh, the Eagles saw the value drop and decided it was time to pounce. It was a guy that they had their eye on, and they were, they were working on this for uh, a long time. And then number three is that I would say... Uh, he acknowledges that he was not a good pass catcher the first two years. He did a better job last year, and he takes a lot of pride in pass protection. Which everybody says, but it seems like the numbers actually back up that he does do a good job in pass protection. Correct. Now, in terms of why, why did it take a month then? If he knew for a month he was getting traded to the Eagles, what was the holdup? Good question. I don't know. Maybe haggling over price. Okay. Uh, right. But I don't know. Maybe that helps explain a little bit why, um, why no other additions at the position. I do think it's uh, he. You know, he he would not go into why he thinks he fell out of favor with Chicago, but that is obviously still the the glaring question as to as to why it was that they were so desperate to get rid of him. He didn't go the Malik Jackson path and just spoke honesty. Yeah, huh? exactly. Okay. All right. Well. Okay. Sounds good. 
All right. I mean, I got nothing else. Let's get into the good stuff. We have a lot of segments, a lot of actual draft talk. Let's get into it. All right. Let's get into the Duck Duck Juice draft. Uh, Shout out to uh, the son of Defop, Shiraz Aladino, who's, uh, I believe, the number one fan of the Duck Duck Juice draft. Uh, Last year, I took it home in resounding fashion. Did you really? What was the score? I was giving it a quick uh, re-listen and... The reaction out of you when I took tight end, you were it was like you were mocking me. And well, boy, I thought they were a competent franchise. Well, so I, apologize. I was uh, I was dead on. I really wiped the floor with you, to be perfectly honest. Uh, you took running back number one, which is like a Jamarcus level, Jamarcus Russell type bust. So yeah, that worked out well for them. Just uh, their running back plan was really <laughs> solid last year. Yeah, Smart the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, so to refresh. If the Eagles draft a player in the first round, that is worth seven points. In the second round, that is worth six points. In the third round, that is worth five points, and so on down the line throughout these seven rounds. Uh, Sheila and I will go back and forth drafting positions. He will have first pick. I will have second pick. We will bounce back and forth until the very end of the draft, in which I will get two picks, and he will close with the final pick. Do you you have the rundown of who we picked last year? Uh, I know the first four picks. You took running back. I took receiver. You took, um, what did you take next? I took tight end fourth overall. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I can't remember. I thought I would do some self-scouting, but I'm not going to listen to that garbanzo beans like you did. Within uh, the draft as it plays out, I will give you my uh, nest in show. The best name at each position in this year's draft, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. And I will also reflect on uh, Howie Roseman's draft history. Okay. At the did you uh, did you say I get first pick? I can't remember. You get first pick. Oh baby, okay. Beauty. With the first pick in the 2019 Duck Duck Juice Draft. I'll be honest, this wasn't a very hard decision. I had a pretty clear-cut number one here. I'm going defensive end. Interesting. Defensive end because I think... Number two on my big board. Okay, so we'll we'll find out who your number one was. Uh, you know, my thinking is uh, it's a loaded group, so I think uh, it has a high floor. It's a premium position, and I think there's upside in terms of that could certainly be their number one pick. So I thought it really, as the draft Knicks say, checked all the boxes. And so that's why I went with defensive end. I think it's a good pick. In Howie Roseman's eight years in charge of the draft, in uh, certain levels of capacity, this uh, this begins with the year that he was first general manager, so it does not include uh, the LaShawn McCoy, Jeremy Macklin drafts. And it obviously does not include the draft in which uh, Chip Kelly was in charge. But in those eight drafts, he has drafted eight different edge rushers, including three of them in the first round, Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, and Marcus Smith. Then you've got Vinnie Curry in the second, Daniel Taona Syme in the third, Josh Sweat last year, Ricky Sapp, and Alex McAllister. So this is, a, as you say, a high upside pick. I think it is uh, well within reason to expect that the Eagles uh, are going to draft a defensive end potentially with their first round pick. Okay, I think Very it's good. a good draft. I think I, I think there are uh, I think this is at the top of the draft a a two player draft as they say. Uh, uh, fine. Oh, quickly the uh, 
the best name, the Neston Show. I think it yeah. goes to O'Shane Ziminis from Old Dominion, who is I like that. one of the two defensive ends who the Eagles have already brought in for a top 30 visit. O'Shane Ziminis and L.J. Collier out of TCU, both sort of in the second round conversation. Very good. And thanks to uh, the ombudsman, Brandon Lee Gowden and Bleeding Green Nation for uh, their exhaustive compiling of all the reported draft visits. With the second pick in the 2019 Duck Duck Juice draft, Bo Wolf, the defending champion, selects defensive tackle. Mm, number two on my big board. There you go. Uh, in Howie Roseman's eight years in charge of the draft, he has drafted just five defensive tackles. But Fletcher Cox in the first round is one. And then you've got Benny Logan in the third and three late guys, Elijah Qualls, Bo Allen, and Jeff Owens. I think uh, similar to defensive end, we know that this draft is deep at defensive tackle. I also think that um, I'm more sure that the Eagles will draft a defensive tackle at some point in this draft than I am that they will draft an edge rusher. I think uh, I, I think it's more likely they draft like a fourth or fifth round tackle than it is a fourth or fifth round defensive end. Mm, so you're playing scared. I'm not playing scared. I still think, uh, as I've said, I think the one guy they would love to trade up for more than anyone else is Ed Oliver. So I think uh, I think there's a good high ceiling and a high floor with this pick. We know that they signed Malik Jackson, but he is 29 years old. Uh, we have talked a lot about how the defensive line as a whole is on the older side. I think the Eagles have had more success with the older edge rushers than they have had uh, in terms of free agent defensive tackles. I mean, say what you want about Timmy Jernigan, but he was younger even when they did sign him or trade for him rather. Uh, so I think, I think they can convince themselves that they can maybe patchwork the edge a little bit better than they can pass patchwork inside. That said, Defensive tackle is a little bit less important of a position, especially when you already have Fletcher Cox. And that draft history you just mentioned. Not that not, I mean, Benny Logan as a third-round pick is not One first-round pick? Well, yeah. There's only so many to go around. Okay. All right. Uh, the uh, nest and show at defensive tackle is uh, Kingsley Kiki from Texas A&M. Okay. All right. So the now I go, right? You don't get two? Correct. Okay. With the third pick in the Duck Duck Juice draft, I'm going back to the well, baby. I'm not scared. Give me that running back position. Wow. I cannot imagine that this team gets out of the draft without taking a running back. And I feel pretty good about the odds that, you know, you, don't, you lose a little bit of the upside. That's true, although I don't think it's uh, out of the realm of possibilities that they, they go running back Josh Jacobs with that. Uh, with that first, with that 25th overall pick. So I think they're actually maybe a little bit more upside than in a other year. And I just uh, feel pretty strongly that in the first, uh, let's say, three to four rounds, they're going to come away with a running back when you look at the state of the roster. Jordan Howard trade fine. He's in the, he's has a one year deal. You got nobody else who you can really count on there. Uh, I think you got to get someone to help the run game specifically as a pass catcher, as we've talked about. Number seven on my big board. Seven! Oh, my gosh. Give me a break. I just, I'm winning this this year. I, think I feel so good about they this. May take a, they may take a running back in the fourth or fifth round. I do not think they are taking one high. This is not 
said to be a very good draft of running backs. I don't think that they need to force it. I you think. know, I hate, I hate that, by the way. I hate it, too. I, 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 like, I, I'm with you. First of all, you you miss on half your pick, so don't tell me what a you know I a think. good draft or a bad draft is. Like you know, if if it's it, totally fine, you get a star in the sixth round. All right, was it a bad draft at that position? So let's uh, you know, you can tell me it's you feel like it's deep, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. I think that's totally fine. Uh, but I just Howie Roseman, I don't think values the position highly. I think we have. Eight years of evidence to know that, and I, I just, I don't see it. Okay. I mean, I think they would like to add somebody, but I don't think, I don't think they're going to uh, be going crazy. The, they have brought in one running back for a top thirty visit, and that is Michigan's Karan Higdon, who is uh, decidedly a day three prospect. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sign up for Periscope. Do you have to sign up for it, or do you just do it? I don't I think know. It what just happened? goes through your Twitter. Okay, I'm going to put you on uh, as they draft a running back in uh, the first three rounds. We'll be sitting there in the Novacare. What do you know about What do you know about Twitch? Is that the video game thing? But I, I think you can do it for other things and just sort of stream. I was thinking we should do a Birds with Friends uh, draft show on Twitch. <laughs> I mean, my yes. initial reaction is that sounds terrible, but of course. It uh, is. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if there's more information. If we get, um, if we get twenty new reviews on iTunes, who say that they want to watch a Birds with Friends draft show on Twitch, we will look into it. Does it have to be on Twitch? Can they just say they want to watch it and then we is, can find? Is there a, is there another live, uh, some kind of live streaming service? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That that's sure to go smoothly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I did forget to mention that the Eagles have had one defensive tackle in for a top 30 visit, and that is the big man himself, Ed Oliver. Not not actually that big of a man. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah. I'm way behind on the draft visit stuff. That's okay. Okay. Um, with the fourth overall pick in the 2019 Duck Duck Juice draft, Bo Wolf, a defending champion, selects wide receiver. Number okay. three on my big board. Neston show is Penny Hart. The Eagles have had just one wide receiver in for a visit. That's A.J. Brown from Ole Miss. We will get a little bit later into the show into some sort of rudimentary digging I have been doing into the uh, wide receiver position and the the players who have been good over the last several years and and, uh, what we can learn about that. But I, um, despite the fact that the Eagles have their starting three wide receivers set on the roster, one of them is 32, one of them is not signed beyond this season and the other one is 29 so i think as the eagles look forward uh to the trajectory of the franchise alongside carson wentz they still have a glaring need for a uh dynamic wide receiver and i think wide receiver is one of the few positions that i could see howie roseman drafting in the first round it was a good one i had that number fourth you make a good point there might be a little bit more upside there Maybe I should have gone wide receiver. Uh, I felt like the top four for me, this is when it got difficult, but I know mm-hmm. it's, you, you had a different sort of separation there. But uh, this is where I really had to think. I don't feel great about uh, how I have them stacked here. I'm looking at it. Do I stick with my board? Do I change uh, on the fly here? Mm. All right, I guess I'll stick with it. All right. The, the number five pick in the Duck Duck Juice draft, I'm going to go safety. Okay. 
I'm going safety. The the need is obvious. You, you're bringing Rodney McLeod back, but who knows what his long-term future is, how he's going to look coming off that injury. Malcolm Jenkins is not uh, getting any younger. You could stand to, uh, you know, we don't know if they view Avante Maddox as a safety or not. Andrew Sandejo, that's a one-year deal. And, uh, you know, it seems like there are some intriguing safeties in this class. And so, I, uh, again, I don't feel great about it, but that's what I went with. So I think this is probably the most interesting thing that is going on with sort of the, uh, the rumors about the Eagles and, sort of, and, and some of the actual tangible reporting done about them in the pre-draft process is how interested it seems that they are in safeties and corners considering that they have all these guys coming back, uh, the five corners and Malcolm Jenkins and, and Rodney McLeod. Obviously, those guys are older. But they have brought in three safeties for top 30 visits. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from Florida, who you could say is a potential first-round possibility. Darnell Savage from Maryland, who was a local visit but more of a, a second-round guy. And Juan Thornhill from Virginia, who, who I believe is actually in first round, late first-round conversation but has sort of talked about as a second-round guy. And then the three corners, they brought in Isaiah Johnson from Houston, who is a probably day-two guy, uh, Amani Oruwarie from Penn State, who I I think is probably a local guy, and then DeAndre Baker from Georgia, who is also a round-one or round-two guy. Uh, That was, I think, their most recent visit. So uh, it's bizarre. I don't really believe it, but... They're not throwing these visits away, especially for for guys um, in that sphere. Um, why do you Why do you say it's bizarre? Because they've got five corners on the roster who are twenty five or younger. Okay. I mean, I think safety is. I mean, in you drafted safety. I also think that safety is an overrated. Uh, like there are people convinced that the Eagles need to take a safety early. I don't believe that is the case. Uh, I I don't think you can count on Malcolm Jenkins for too much longer and certainly not Rodney McLeod, but Howie Roseman has a bad track record of evaluating the safety position in the draft. He has acknowledged such. I find it hard to believe that he would take a big swing on that position uh, with such valued draft capital. Ronald Darby will be a free agent, right? I also uh, think, well, specifically to safety, I also think you can find veteran safeties in free agency um, easier than you can other positions. Uh, I don't. I just. I don't believe that safety is is among their biggest medium to long term needs. Looking at cornerback here, I will say Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills. Craven LeBlanc are all unrestricted free agents after next season. Correct. So maybe you're not as, uh, if you're looking long-term, maybe you're not as set as uh, one might think you would be. No, but they need to, I mean, that's what this year is for, is, is to make the decision on who among those five guys are, are going to be uh, long-term corners for them. Okay. Uh, and adding another guy to mix, like I mean, I mean, if they can get, if they can trade somebody, like we you know, flip Rasul Douglas for for another player for a running back or something, I don't know. For, a, for what are you gonna, what are you gonna get for Rasul Douglas? A fifth round pick? Patrick Mahomes. Okay, now you're talking. 
Uh, I have uh, fallen away from the Harry Roseman draft history. At safety, he has drafted six of them, Nate Allen and Jaquan Jarrett in the second round, Earl Wolf in the fifth, Ed Reynolds in the fifth, Blake Countess in the sixth, and Kurt Coleman in the seventh. Mm. And at wide receiver, he's only drafted six wide receivers. Jordan Matthews in the second, Josh Huff in the third, Mac Collins in the fourth, Riley Cooper in the fifth, Shelton Gibson in the fifth, and Marvin McNutt in the sixth. Mm. Iowa, right? That's correct. Okay. Marvin McButt, as we like to say. With the sixth overall pick, uh, actually, uh, sorry, the safety, the there's so many things for me to do on every pick. It's yeah, we really don't need to do all those. The uh, nest in show is Sheldrick Redwine from Miami. Uh, Where did you have safety on your big board? It's fifth for me. So, oh. no, but but oh. I, I oh that crushing it, and then it was fifth for you. I'm not crushing you. I, I'm not crushing you for the pick because you can only you can only go with the information you have. Well, I didn't, I haven't looked at any. Information. I don't believe it. Um, with the sixth overall pick in the 2019 Duck Duck Juice Draft, I will take the team or the uh, position that is fourth on my big board. Now, I believe this is a this is a high upside, very low floor pick. I think the Eagles could draft someone here in the first or second round, and I would not be surprised at all if they don't draft anybody at the at this position. And that is offensive tackle. Mm. Um, as said a million times, I think that if Howie Roseman um, has his choice, which he does, I think in the first round he's going to draft a quarterback, a tackle, a pass, a defensive lineman, or a corner, or a wide receiver. Sorry, um, and I think that tackles uh, in the mix. The Eagles have brought in a couple tackles: Titus Howard, my guy from Alabama State. And Cody Ford, now we do have to talk about how do we adjudicate whether a prospect is a tackle or a guard. Cody Ford, tackle in college, some people think he will be a better fitted guard at the next level. What do we do? We just, we just go by whatever Howie Roseman says on the day they draft him? That is difficult. They've also brought in Chris Lindstrom, who was a tackle in college, but is another guy who is, is more directly uh, projected to be a guard. I don't know. Let's think about that. I feel like you can't go with the long-term outlook because sometimes the guy never moves like Lane Johnson. Yeah. And so I feel like you have to go with we what have to, they... We have to come up with something that uh, there, there's no gray area. Yeah, I mean, I would say it is, you know, where is that player lining up in training camp? Oh, wow. It's going to be a long... It's going to be a I long I don't know. Burn. That's too long. Uh, mini camp. We go how to about, mini camp. How about, OTAs. How about Dane Brugler's... Uh, where they're listed. No, I don't like that. Okay. The very first the very first place they line up on day one. I mean, but we could give it like a... Uh, we, can, we can give it a month grace period okay. and see where, the, where they line up in the spring. I think that's fair. All right. Fair enough. I don't know. Well, you know what? This brings up an interesting conversation, though. So we're, we're going to get to a little exercise here later. But now when you say tackle... Do you think would they take a right tackle? Because I see there are some right tackle op. For instance, you mentioned mm-hmm. Cody Ford uh, from Oklahoma, a right tackle in college. Many think he may be moved inside to guard, but certainly not a left tackle prospect. You know, the obvious need would be at left tackle with Jason Peters uh, getting up there. I mean, how do you 
view this? Like, why did you pick tackle? Could you see them taking a right tackle and moving Lane Johnson over? Do you think they would only take a left tackle? How, how do you sort of support that out? Well, uh, this brings up the, the age-old conversation, which I believe they had on the uh, Journey to the Draft podcast recently, which was uh, full of good football opinion. Um, left tackle versus right tackle, you know, the distinction is uh, not as important or even there, there is, is little distinction these days because uh, the good pass rushers line up on either side. We, we talk all the time about how Lane Johnson's going up against this endless array of, of good pass rushers. Um, I think it's more of a, I think it's more useful as just sort of a description of their style of play. Like, you, you know, when your mind, what a left tackle is like, that's the more athletic pass protector. And in your mind, like the right tackle is, is the more uh, road grading type guy. Lane Johnson, like is by all intents and purposes, a left tackle type, even though he's playing right tackle. I don't know. There's also like, and Fran talked about this. It is, it is a real thing that some guys are just much more comfortable on one side versus the other. So uh, I don't know. I, I just think they need another future starting tackle. Now, Obviously, their internal evaluation of Jordan Mailata plays a, a big role here. Halapula Vati Vaitai is a probably you know low-level starting caliber guy, I think. So that's why I think they can take a guy at the top of the draft if they see him as a surefire stud, and then they're, they're not necessarily uh, forced to take a guy later in the draft because they have similar uh, like percentile of success options already on the roster. I feel like he just totally avoided the question. Well, I don't really know. I mean, left, left <laughs> well, here's the right thing. I don't know. Well, like... we can we can we can say there's no difference, but that's not. I don't think that's true. I mean, there are guys who I think uh, if you if you polled all the offensive line coaches or personnel people in the league, they would say, you know, all right, fine, that guy can play right tackle, but he can't play left tackle. I mean, we see that. And also, when you look at it financially, uh, there is a definite difference with the left tackles I getting think financially paid is fair, yeah, huge money, and the right tackle market. Like hasn't moved unless. You but know, at the same up. time, I mean, Jeff Statland has. They have had opportunities to move Lane Johnson. They didn't do it. You know, they didn't do it in season. That's a little bit different because they don't want to upset uh, two positions at once. But I think yeah. you could make the same case that they would do the same thing uh, if they had to make an off-season change. Why? Why upset two positions at once? Do the same thing as in not move him over to left tackle. Correct. Okay. All right. I don't know it's how they would handle it. I, I know it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know the answer. There you go. Okay. Uh, Trey Pipkins is the nest in show there. Not the, not the best answer. And Howie has drafted five tackles in his history. Lane Johnson the first, and then everybody else in the fifth round or later. Dennis Kelly, Vitae, Matt Pryor, and Jordan Mailata. Okay. I am going, this is going to go off my, kind of my previous pick here, but this would be the, what, sixth pick in the Duck Duck Juice draft. I am going to go cornerback. Okay. I don't feel great about it. I didn't think they should have re-signed Ronald Darby, but certainly there was some uh, ambiguity in terms of Jalen Mills' injury. Yes, and, and his... did you see the Les Bowen in his story the other day reported that it was a torn ACL? I'm sorry, I'm confusing him with Corey Clement. Uh, but we can talk <laughs> about that later. But the, okay. uh, the Jalen Mills thing is, is bizarre, and it's, it, I'm confusing it because it's just another one of these mysterious injuries that we have no idea what happened. And it only further calls into question, like, what is going on with the Eagles medical staff? Correct. And, it, I mean, it feels very 
likely that his injury had a lot to do with them bringing back Ronald Darby. You know, we were both very confused with that move, but it certainly sounds like there is some uh, uncertainty about when Jalen Mills is going to be available, whether he's going to be 100%, all those different types of things. So, again, I don't think it's an immediate need, but if you're talking about uh, 2020 and potentially not having Mills, Darby, LeBlanc, I mean, who knows what you're getting with Sidney Jones. Do you view Avante Maddox as a free safety in 2020? A lot of sort of different balls in the air where I'm not saying they need to definitely draft a corner, but I could see them if it's a best, you know, if you kind of have a player you really like in the first few rounds and it happens to be a cornerback compared to some of these other positions, I don't think it's, uh, you know, I won't give away my, the end of my draft board, but I don't think it's like some of those bottom picks where you say, no, there's no reason to uh, draft that player. So that's why I had, uh, I actually had corner just above offensive tackle in on my big board i had corner uh, eighth on my big board so uh this will make uh this will make our deciding about what positions guys play easier because if they take a corner slash safety you've got them both and i will uh, take away the offensive line ambiguity uh with my next mm-hmm. pick but quickly at corner howie roseman has taken Sidney jones in the second curtis marsh and rasul douglas in the third Jalen Watkins, Trevar Lindley, Brandon Boykin, and Avante Maddox in the fourth, and Jordan Poyer and Jalen Mills in the seventh. He's had, you know, he, he's had not Late. terrible. They should wait. Yeah. They should wait on corners. That's yeah, exactly those are some right. really the best players there are round our day three picks. That's right. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, so I will take with the eighth pick in the 2019 Duck Duck Juice draft. I will take interior offensive linemen, guards, and centers. Um, I think, uh, you know, the identity of the week one starting right guard is still up in the air if Brandon Brooks is not ready. And the Eagles haven't signed a, a veteran who's capable of doing that just yet. And, you know, it could be Matt Pryor, but that would be a bit of a leap, I think. I think, uh, I think it's – I don't think they will take multiple offensive linemen early, but I think it's possible that they will take an interior lineman with one of their uh, two second-round picks. Jason Kelsey, obviously, really? who, who knows how long he's going to play. They've brought in these guys. They've brought in Chris Lindstrom from Boston College and uh, Hjalti Froholt from Arkansas, who is much more of a, a late-round prospect than Lindstrom. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't value the position that highly, but I don't, think it's, uh, I don't think it's crazy. They have taken five interior offensive linemen under Howie Roseman, Danny Watkins in the first. That was a good pick. Isaac Ciamalo in the third, Julian Vandervelde in the fifth, Jason Kelsey and Brandon Washington in the sixth. Interesting. I would not love that uh, use of hashtag resources. But neither would I. I would, I would hate it. And I saw Tommy Lawler the other day had an Eagles mock where he had Chris Lindstrom in the first, which, whew, boy, that would be like set the Novacare on fire. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, like you said, I mean, you just re-signed Sayamalu to this very nice team-friendly deal. So he can start at guard, and then if Kelsey retires, which, you know, by the way, let's say he just redid his deal, so I don't know right. that you have He's to be probably that concerned about years. it. And he played really, you know, he played really, really well yeah. the last two years. So uh, I'm not that concerned about it there. You have uh, You have some depth. And then, yeah, the other side, you know, Brandon Brooks this year, maybe he's not his Pro Bowl self, but... Uh, uh, you know, I, I still feel like you have him 
for I don't know what his when his contract is up, but I feel like you still have him. And then I feel like this the way you I I think said you feel about safety. I mean, you can find guards. Yeah, you're uh, probably you right. Can, you can sign a veteran guard. Who, Matt Pryor. I mean, you said it's a leap. I, I don't know. It's a like a huge leap. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if they had him ready to play and fill in for Brandon Brooks if Brooks wasn't ready for the start of the season. Um, You know, or if it's some combination of prior and like a very mediocre type veteran uh, that you side maybe after the draft, after you see what you got there, maybe it's an undrafted guy this year. I don't know, but I feel like you should be able to fill that position. I have faith in the coaching staff there. So I think uh, that's fair. That would surprise me, but who knows? We'll see. Catching up on the uh, nest in shows at corner. It is greedy Williams the LSU uh, potential first-round pick. And uh, interior lineman, it is Bunchy Stallings. These are good. <laughs> Did you look up pronunciation for these or no? No, and what's funny is that last year uh, I was spot on in calling Dallas Goddard a potential uh, first-round pick or you know ended up being a, a trade down in the second, but we were, we were calling him Godert. Mm. Maybe you were. No, you, you were too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, you have the ninth pick. Well, I was ignoring the tight ends, as we know. And okay. then I have 10 and 11. Nine, okay, I have the ninth, and then you have 10 and 11. Oh, God, I hate this pick. This is like when you're in your uh, fantasy draft, you know, and you get to like the yeah, – right around this time, actually. Yeah. Ninth or tenth round, and you're like, oh, this guy sucks, but who else am I going to take? And you just end up taking him. Uh, I'm going to go linebacker. I think that's the right pick here. Everything I read and hear and see is that, like, the linebacker depth is – just horrendous in this draft and i don't think they're gonna take one early which makes me really not like the pick but maybe uh maybe you find somebody that you like on day three i don't know i don't think they're gonna spend uh i don't think obviously not a first round pick would you be surprised if they spent a second or third round pick on a linebacker i would be surprised yeah i think i would be too i don't think it's i don't think it's insane they find somebody they love yeah okay uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking more as a day three, you kind of need some bodies there. Maybe it's a standout special teams player or something like that uh, with some upside. I mean, they could certainly use some help at the position. Yeah, I think you could use a talented player there, but I just look at it compared to, you know, positional value and other needs and long term and all those different types of things that um, I would not spend a lot of resources on it. But uh, that's why I went linebacker. Uh, not a great Neston show here. Chase Hansen from BYU is the one. Just because, oh, that's terrible, really? I know, but Chase is a fun... Linebackers usually deliver, I a feel. a fun name for a linebacker to have. Two, can you name the eight linebackers that Howie Roseman has drafted? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fine. <laughs> two, can you name two of them? Jordan Hicks and Nate Gary. No, Jordan Hicks is a Chip Kelly pick. Oh, I forgot we were ignoring that year. Michael Kendricks uh, in the second. Casey Matthews and Keenan Clayton in the Bri- fourth. Brian Roll, was he? In, Brian Roll in the sixth. Nate okay. Gary in the fifth. And then three seventh rounders. Jamar Chaney, Greg Lloyd, and Joe Walker. Mm. Okay. Uh, okay. At the turn here, uh, pretty easy decisions for me. I will take with the 10th overall pick. I will take quarterback. The Neston show here is Kyle Shermer. <laughs> uh, Howie has drafted four. Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, Matt Barkley, and Mike Kafka. Uh, he has never drafted a quarterback after the fourth round. Now, I know that Jeffrey Lurie said the other day 
that he would like you know to take a quarterback every year. Uh, I mean, that's not feasible, first of all. I think he said every other year. I think oh, the question okay. was Fair every enough. year, and he said, uh, well, you know, at least every other year. I mean, they have not brought in a veteran to compete with Nate Sudfeld just yet. Um, I, we, you know, we haven't even said what picks the Eagles have right now. They've got they've got the one, the two twos, uh, the two fourths, a fifth, and a sixth. And I don't, I just don't know. I, I like you know, Easton Stick would be fun. They bring in uh, Carson Wentz's former backup, and he can be the backup again. Like I think if I think a fifth or sixth round quarterback is probably just wasting your time. That said, you know if there is a uh, a, a situation to develop a quarterback, you know coming to uh, work with Doug Peterson and uh, backup Carson Wentz is probably as as good a situation as any. I just you know unless there's a guy they really love, I think it's unnecessary. I don't think it's crazy that you 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 draft somebody. And then uh, maybe they're on the practice squad as a rookie. You see what you got that, you know, try to develop them into a backup, that type of thing. I don't think it's nuts. No, I think you could argue that that, you know, it wouldn't have been crazy to take that over linebacker. Okay. Maybe one of their two fourth round picks you could you could talk me into. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, the, the philosophy is not just, hey, draft a quarterback every year, or every other year. It's, you know, until you feel good about it. Like, you know, obviously when you have Wentz and Foles, you're not going to draft a quarterback, but I think you're trying to get to that point. And maybe it does have some additional value with Carson Wentz's uh, injury history. And the, they've obviously seen the value in having a very good backup. So, well, I mean, I, they do I, obviously care about having a good backup quarterback. Yeah. They'll invest some, some which is why I don't see them necessarily taking one in like the fifth or sixth round, but I could see them taking one in the third or fourth. That would be interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, and then in the 11th, uh, the 11th pick of the Duck Duck Juice draft, I will take tight end. Good. Enjoy them. Yeah. I know you love the tight ends. Uh, certainly no need for the Eagles to add a tight end, but between that and special teams, all three of their specialists are already young anyway, so it's not like they need to uh, replace them. So, you know, maybe there's a uh, maybe there's like a seventh round former basketball player or like just some, Ooh, I love those. some crazy athlete who, who they can talk themselves into a tight end who just lights it up in the spring and then is never heard from again. Yeah, that's fun. I, I love those guys. It is a loaded draft at tight end though, right? Uh, I think it's, it's high at the top, but there's not a ton of depth. Oh really? I thought, I, I thought I somebody, could be wrong. can't remember who I, it was. I mean, tight end is the position that I have completely blocked out of any yeah. caring about in the, in this draft. So, Mm. Alize Mack is the nest and show. You're going to regret that when at number 25 they, they go tight end and everyone tells me about how mm, they're no going to uh, unleash this 13-personnel uh, offense That's on right. the league. <laughs> I wonder if I should have taken tight end instead of linebacker. No, because you can't, make the, you can't make the case if they're going to be you know giving you the, uh, the old 12-personnel offense that you, maybe you do want a little bit of depth there. Have someone other than Richard Rodgers. I mean, do you are you going to apologize for your Richard Rodgers take? Are you going to come clean and say that I was obviously not? Okay. Okay. What do we got next? Are you there? You've got the final pick. Oh well, there's only one thing left. Okay. Well, I mean, you got to close it out anyway. Special? No. I, if if this were a real draft, I would not turn my card in. 
but I guess since I have to, I will take specialists. Now, what's very interesting is that uh, we have broken down very uh, heavily offense defense. I have five offensive positions. Ooh, I don't like that. To your one, and you have five defensive positions to my one. I don't like that because you asked Howie Roseman the question at the combine about you know the way the league's moving. Mm-hmm. Do you need to invest more in the offense? And what did he say? You got to keep the man happy. That's right. Oh, all right. Well, what are you going to do? Lose again. That's what you're going to do. I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, that'll conclude it. Uh, To recap, Shields roster, running back, defensive end, linebacker, cornerback, safety, and special teams. Bo's roster, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, tackle, interior offensive line, and defensive tackle. You know that sounds like a much better roster. Mine, yeah. I would agree with that. I know that's wrong. Okay. Uh, you, uh, we're going to continue the draft conversation. You're going to take us through some of your thoughts on uh, Dane Brugler's top 33? Yeah, so I'm rolling through an exercise here where I'm going to take Dane Brugler's, which obviously you can read him on theathletic.com, uh, doing a terrific job with his draft breakdowns. Uh, so he did a top 100, and so I'm going to do this as an exercise on the Athletic Philly where I take that 100 and I put them into uh, one of several buckets, several tiers, if you will. Uh, and so I got through the first 33 today. That'll probably post, uh, you know, ne- I would say early next week, so I'm still doing it as the week goes on. But I wanted to run through what I have here, and you can tell me if I'm making any huge mistakes or offer any thoughts. How does that sound? That sounds good. Okay, so the first tier is won't be there. These are players who, like, you're not trading up for. Um, you know, they're oh, just going to so, go. So this doesn't include players they could trade no, up for. No, that's a different tier. These are just, okay. like, take them off your board. There's no scenario where they end up with any of these guys. Okay? I'm going to read them all off to you. You let me know at the end if, I'm, if I screwed any up. Well, wait, tell me quickly what the three tiers are. What the are. other tiers are? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm still kind of figuring that out. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no. So the first one is won't be there. Now, this is just for the first round? Uh, well, you'll see. Okay. okay. The first one is won't be there. The second tier is not a fit. Okay. So, so these are players like even if they dropped, you just wouldn't take them. Okay. Uh, third tier is trade-up options. Okay. I thought you said three tiers. No. I think, yeah. I, think I have like five. Okay. That makes oh, sense. Oh, I, I have six. Okay. <laughs> fourth is maybe at 25 okay fifth tier is real possibilities at 25 okay and sixth is trade day down. to day oh. two or trade down okay because yeah. like it is a top 100 you know i like it uh, i might still work on those names but you get the idea right mm-hmm. okay so first tier we have nick bosa ohio state quinnon williams alabama josh allen kentucky jonah williams alabama Montez Sweat, Mississippi State, Rashawn Gary, Michigan, Andre. I would. Dillard. I would. Uh, Hold on. Wait till the end. Wait okay. till the end. Write them down. Okay. Well, that's tough. What? You don't have a pen? I got my, my my notebooks full. Go ahead. Okay. Andre Dillard, Washington State. Jawan Taylor, offensive tackle. DK Metcalf, Ole Miss. Okay. Okay. Who do you disagree with there that shouldn't be in that tier? Uh, I think Rashawn Gary, you could make a case, is a potential trade-up possibility. Oh, I interesting. I could see a situation okay. where he slips to uh, to the early teens. Such minimal production, you think they would trade up for that guy? I think he's a, he's a, a 
premier position. That's all. Okay. All right. I like it. Uh, I think you can make a case for Andre Dillard as well. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah had him going 10th, so that scared me a little bit. And there, it seems like the tackles usually go early, but okay. Well, I mean, I think it's just it's hard for – there's the, the distinction between – like definitely won't be there and probably won't be there. I think okay. he he probably won't be within range, but I think he could be. Okay, I like it. Uh, and then who was the last one? Uh, the last two were Jawan Taylor and DK Metcalf. Okay, I think I think DK Metcalf uh, you can make a case for as well, and I just think he's also not a fit. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I just you know I, I could looking... see DK Metcalf going like twenty second or something like see, that. See really? Because I was looking at it thinking like someone's just going to see this guy and say like, "Well, I'm going to take you through uh, some of my wide receiver thoughts." Soon okay, all right. Okay, okay. I feel like someone will be like freak athlete, probably. Some... But okay. you know, Al Davis can only do do so much from six feet under. Hmm. Okay, I know that's right. <laughs> okay, all right. Not a fit. This is the next category. Okay. Uh, Tight end, these are basically all, actually, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll say they're tight ends, linebackers, and quarterbacks. But anyway, uh, TJ Hawkinson, tight end. Devin Bush, linebacker. Devin White, linebacker. Dwayne Haskins, quarterback. Kyler Murray, quarterback. Uh, this one might surprise you. Greedy Williams, cornerback. Noah Fant, tight end. Garrett Bradbury, center. Um, Bradbury, I would say... You might you might want to put in a different tier. Center? I don't think they're going to take him, but I think he's a. I think like if the draft shakes out a certain way, I think he could be a day two option. Oh, okay, all right. I think he could fall that that far. It's possible. This is great. You're like doing my work for me here. And I have been thinking about like you know uh, uh, the Devin Bush possibility. Yeah. Um, like, could they? Could they take a line? I I feel like it's not it's not uh, as cut and dry as I might have once thought. If they think that he's like a really dynamic option, and if he and if you know if they see him as a uh, like a big time player in the pass game as well, but I think you're probably right. It's it's not a fit. Well, now, that's interesting with both these linebackers is because they both are like elite elite athletes. So right, and there's yes. production for both of them. Right. So uh, you would think that they would be players. You know, they're three down players. They should hold up. You know, I, I haven't studied them. But it, it wouldn't. Looks, you know. It wouldn't like. It wouldn't uh, make my head explode like it. Like it. It might have once upon a time. I think. I think the way. Like because they are at a position in the draft where they will probably not get an elite player. If they. If they see them as an elite player, even at a position of not as much value, I could see them pulling the trigger. Interesting. Okay. I feel like there will be teams who will take those guys. I think that's probably right. Okay. Now, uh, tell me why you had uh, Greedy Williams as not a fit. Let me look at my spreadsheet here. I think I probably agree with that, but you you thought it was interesting, so I want to ask why why you say so. Uh, Well, I have a little. You know what's an interesting nugget about Greedy Williams? You know where he went to high school? uh, I don't know. Calvary Baptist. Does that ring a bell? Oh, is that the uh, the Mannings? That's the Doug. Oh, Peter, that's a Doug, Doug Peterson. Peterson. That's coach. right. That's right. That's right. He's gonna have intel out his ears about this guy. That's you're right. No, so that's why you think he's not a fit. No. Uh, well, he's unlikely to be there. But you know, from what I read here, uh, not great against the run. Questions about his physicality. A press corner. It just seems like all those things are not what they look for yeah. in cornerbacks. I think that sounds fair. So that's why I said not a fit. So okay. 
All right. This is a very helpful exercise, by the way. Uh, trade up options. Okay. Your boy, Ed Oliver. I know that's right. I think your boy 1A, Christian Wilkins. Well, now, not my boy. He's He's too old to be my boy. But I think he is a, uh, you know, fit-wise, he could be their boy. And then here's a, I kind of like that. I might like this one the best. Brian Burns, Mm. Florida State. Yeah. I think he's in the, I think he's in the, in the conversation for sure. I think, I think there's a, he'll go higher than Christian Wilkins will, I believe. Okay. I don't think Ed Oliver is going to slip. Like I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing him getting to a range where the Eagles. They can get can, up to twelve or thirteen. Okay, I think that's not insane. There you go. All right. That's it. Those are the only guys you think they could trade I, up I for. Just, well, yeah, those are the only three I have. What about uh, Cleveland? Hold on, I might, I might get to some okay. of these other guys. All right, okay, all right, go ahead. then you can tell me then. All right. All right. Here, here are my maybes. At 25, I don't feel great about this list, so I'm hoping you uh, talk me out of some of these, okay? okay. Uh, one is Cody Ford. Okay. I'll, I'll give you some inform- the, the listeners some information on some of these guys. They brought him in for a top 30, so I would, I, would, I would maybe even bump him. Bump him to a real possibility? Yeah, they brought him in for a top 30. Okay. Uh, played right tackle in college, could be moved to guard, 6'4", 329. Uh, this was interesting. I saw both Lance Zierline and Ben Fennell Make a comparison to Brandon Brooks for mm. Cody Ford. Thought that was interesting. Okay. Uh, second Cody player, Ford also said to have a nasty uh, play personality, right? Oh, everybody. Ted, that. That's all you read about him. Yeah. I did uh, see some good clips. I'm in on that. Crushing guys. Yeah, it was kind of fun. But again, that what was interesting about that is uh, I, I haven't read anywhere where anyone thinks he could be a left tackle. Right. So if you're going to draft him, is Lane Johnson moving over? I don't know. Is he, you know, is is Ford replacing one of your guards? I'm I'm not sure exactly about the fit there. But if he slides and is the best player available, then uh, sure, could see it. Uh, all right, player number two. Uh, we I don't think we've ever mentioned this guy on the podcast yet. Byron Murphy, cornerback, Washington. Hmm. Do you do you know much about Byron Murphy, cornerback, Washington? I don't know a ton about him. I just know, yeah. you know, people like him. Some people like him as the best corner in the draft. A little bit more physical. That's, that's yeah. about all I know. So here's what I have written down here. Uh, zone corner, aggressive, tough, competitive. By the way, this is all from notes from uh, – I'm trying to think of the, the people I have here. I'm certainly looking at Fran stuff. Uh, looking at Jeremiah, Zierlein, I love when I can get like a good opinion on Fran, you know. And Dane, yeah, that's who I would. Uh, I think I think those were the, my okay. kind of windows I had open. I like I a Josh Norris that. as well. I like a Josh Norris too. Uh, not you know not a press corner. The Eagles the Eagles play a lot of zone, so that's good. Competitive, instinctual. Those are all things that I feel like they like. Uh, below average, but was fine in, in terms of athletic testing. I don't know how much that matters. Had had good ball production. Uh, I don't know that he's, he has the upside from what I read that you know he would warrant a first-round pick, but from a sort of profile-type deal and scheme fit, it seemed like he would. Yeah, I'm not in on that as a pick for them, but I think you have him in the right bucket. Okay. This will be an interesting one. Number three, I have four guys in this tier. Four, third is Nasir Adderley, mm. free safety, Delaware. I got to say... Uh, I watch all of Fran's uh, Meet the Prospect videos. Mm-hmm. I-, I think in two years I haven't been more underwhelmed by like a guy's highlights than Adderley. I, uh, one of my only, pr- probably my strongest opinion about this draft 
from the stuff I hear is that, like, I don't get it with Nasir Adderley and especially with the Eagles at all. Like, he does – what I've watched, he does not impress me. Uh, he is not some special athlete. He was not, like, super productive either. I, I, I don't understand in what world he should go ahead of Juan Thornhill. Okay. Uh, and I don't believe that he's like he he's been mocked to the Eagles at twenty five like all over the place. I do not get it. I don't see it. I'm calling I'm calling bull on it. Okay. Well, the case would be he's a free safety with a quarter background, same as Juan Thornhill. Okay. Uh, Thornhill, by the way, was not in uh, Brugler's thirty three, so he will not be. Okay. And we'll we'll get to him on a on a ensuing pod but uh free safety with corner background we know jim schwartz likes that he's uh, not like he's not he's not super he's not a great tackler like people say he's really aggressive i've I, that's not what i see that's not what i saw in france highlights yeah i mean in france highlights <laughs> he's going ole yeah and i'm like what yeah i yeah. was like what this what is this guy i think range is the big thing right i did see one clip where he uh was on like one hash and ran to the other sideline on like a go route which was fine, but that was like literally the only highlight I saw that I was uh, impressed with. So he would be a Rodney McLeod replacement uh, eventually, I would think. You know, I wrote down here maybe as a trade down candidate. So I'm not sure if I do. I have a what bucket would you have him in? I think I I personally think you have him in the right bucket. Okay, um, but but you just wouldn't like the that pick. No, and I think well and I think other people would say that he should be in the like more likely bucket, but I, oh, I okay. I'm glad that you don't have him there. Okay. Uh last one in I am like I, you know the chances they take him at 25 are are the same as his initials, you know. I think they're very high now and you're going to there's going to be like you're Goddard and we're going to go on after they pick him at 25 and you're going to be going nuts. This is going to be fun. Uh okay, last guy in this category uh, was this guy? Did this guy make your best name thing? I, I don't know if he did or not. You know what I'm gonna say? Rock Yasin. Mm. I mean, that's outstanding. Rock Yasin. Great name. Uh, Great I name. went with Greedy because it's a better name for a corner. Ah, right. But uh, uh, I, I think I might like Rock Yasin better than Greedy Williams. I uh, him at 25, I think, is a reach. I wrote maybe a trade down candidate. Yeah, uh, I would probably six, put him there. Okay, and even six, then, like I don't, I'm not sure I see it either. To be okay. perfectly, to be perfectly frank, uh, six feet, 190 pounds. Who do you think pound. is the perfect Frank? Frank Thomas, probably. Who do I think is the perfect Frank? Like if I'm saying uh, to be perfectly frank, so you know, to be Frank Thomas. Are you uh, the disrespect? Are you serious right now? Reich. Mm. Yeah. yeah good point oh what a disgrace you are good point but that took low, me a second low point for the podcast right now we've had much lower lower points <laughs> uh plus athlete good ball skills tough competitive were all the 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 kind of the characteristics of rocky sin uh, seemed like a scheme fit from what i what i read there but uh who knows okay so you think he would be better as maybe a trade down day two type deal i think so Okay. I will tell you, you know, I, I did the uh, the 20 players most likely to be the Eagles' first draft pick. He was not in there. I was referencing that as I was working on this as well. Okay. Okay. All right, here we get to the good ones. I have four possibilities for number 25. Are you ready? Oh, just four. Okay. I only went through 33 players. Okay, fair enough. 
we'll, we can continue this on the next podcast. It'll okay. be a nice segment. See, I'm thinking ahead. All right. Real possibilities. That's why this guy, I came away thinking he may really be the most likely possibility at 25. Can I guess? Sure. Is it Cleveland Farrell? It is. Hmm. And you had him hype when you did your top 20 thing. You had I him did. too, I think. I think, it? you know, I think you could make a case he's even a possible, like, small trade-up target. Okay. You know, move up three or four spots or something like that. But anyway, I'll let you, I'll let you give him the background. For those who are unfamiliar, he is... He, he is was my no- number two player, I believe, in that ranking. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, very well-rounded, complete, 4-3 defensive end. Six foot four, 264 pounds, 11 and a half sacks, 19 and a half tackles for loss last year. Year before, nine and a half sacks, 18 tackles for loss. So very productive player. Uh, he's, he's a nice scheme fit. He's, he's kind of a prototypical 4-3 defensive end. He's, you know, I don't like using the word safe, but he seems like a safe pick. Yeah, boy, premium do I hate pos- that. But <laughs> Premium position. And, uh, you know. Given the talent at edge rusher in this draft, it seems like a, a possibility. He seems to have possible. you know significantly less buzz than the the other uh, edge rushers who are grouped in the top twenty five or so. Yeah. Okay. So you still feel good about him being uh, yeah. on the short list? Okay. I do. Uh, second guy is somebody we've talked about quite a bit here. That's Josh Jacobs. Okay. Running back, Alabama, probably the most uh, sort of talked about player by uh, Eagles fans, it feels like, leading up to the draft year. Considered by many to be the best back in the draft. Value is not as much of an issue when you're at the 25th pick. Uh, you know, he has a nice backstory, has worked for sort of everything he's gotten, wasn't heavily recruited, made his way to Alabama, played through some kind of crazy injuries. Nice toughness factor there. And then you have the concern. Obviously, the the one concern is drafting a running back in the first round who might not project as being a truly special player. Uh, athletically, Josh Jacobs is not special. He did not. Uh, he is not tested well. And, you know, I don't think we talked about the 40 times in the last podcast. I don't think that's a huge deal, but just in, in terms of overall athletic profile, uh, he's not great. He's below average. In that offense, Damian Harris averaged more yards per touch than Josh Jacobs. Damian Harris had more frequency in terms of uh, runs of 10 yards or more. Jacobs has had some injuries. Uh, Again, he played through them, but he had a hamstring and an ankle injury as a sophomore. Did not participate in the combine because of a groin injury. And then the big thing is that he does look very polished as a receiver where he's not, you know, this isn't just screens and check downs and flats. Uh, he seems to be someone who can really, uh, run a lot of routes very well, adjust to the football downfield, uh, really be a, a multi purpose threat where you're getting much more than a running back. What is your, uh, I know we've talked about him a lot, but what is your opinion of Josh Jacobs at 25? I think he's, you have him in the right tier. I don't see it. Uh, for the reasons that you've said, like, you know, the, he better, if you're taking a running back in the first round, he better be a home run. And I don't think that Josh Jacobs is that. The injury history bothers me. Uh, you know, quickly, I did not, I forgot to go over the Howie Roseman draft history. Never taken a running back earlier than the fourth round. Pumphrey in the fourth, Deion Lewis and Wendell Smallwood in the fifth, Charles Scott in the sixth, and Bryce Brown in the seventh. 
LaShawn McCoy was before uh... LaShawn McCoy was before he was he was VP of player personnel he was not general manager uh, so obviously that colors it you're not going to take a running back early when you have LaShawn McCoy but I just I I don't see it I I I just knowing how Roseman I just don't see it and I and I don't think he's like definitely that good hmm I mean, like this, like it, it bothers me a little bit that that Damian Harris was more productive than he was. You know, was better sure. on, a, on a per touch basis, especially because for the most part, Damian Harris was like the early down guy, and so you would think that the defense would be uh, more prepared to stop the run than it would be than when Josh Jacobs is on the field. I just, uh, you know, I, I, I'm skeptical, but I think you, I think for the exercise, mm-hmm. you have him in the right place. It feels like there are more question marks than you would typically want when you're considering a running back with the 25th pick. Yeah. That's how I would frame it. I mean, I would be fine. I, I think I would be fine taking him, and I think— uh, I, would, if, I, would, I would not like the pick. You would not like the pick. Okay, I think I would be—it's eh, okay. It's fine. Because I think if he's healthy, they would find ways to use him. He fills the need, and people would be excited about it right away. But, uh, again, if we're, if we're sort of evaluating the process— it would make me a little bit nervous. Okay. Okay. Uh, this next one, I, I wasn't sure. I didn't love this one. And so I think that I might want to move this one. I will get your take on it. This is the definition of a big, strong, powerful man in this year's draft. Mm. Dexter Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence. Defensive tackle, Clemson. I mean, six foot four, 342 pounds, uh, known to be a monster against the run, a disruptive force. Needs to develop as a pass rusher. I think that it will really be the evaluation. Do you see the upside there? Can he be a, a three-down player who's really going to be good um, you know, in your sub packages or not? I think that would determine whether you see him as a fit uh, with the 25th pick. He did have seven sacks as a freshman, but in addition to not knowing much about him as a pass rusher or him being a little bit unproven there, uh, tested for positive for a PED last year and did not play in the postseason. So I don't think I would love this pick. Uh, I think I would probably be critical of this pick if they made it, but I don't know. I kind of felt like maybe he's a possibility at 25. Your thoughts. I don't really think that he's a fit schematically. Okay. Um, okay. I think you probably have him in the right bucket for the exercise, but uh, if the Eagles are taking a defensive tackle in the first round, I think it's, I think it's much more likely they're taking somebody who is a, uh, a better pass rusher, more of a, uh, disruptive force in the passing game, someone more like uh, Jerry Tillery or Draymond Jones. The, the Dexter Lawrence thing, I, I just, I'm not so sure that I see it for the Eagles. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Have they had sort of that, uh, I don't know, I guess like a Benny Logan, but he was already on the roster, yeah, I mean, it's right? It's like I a mean, Nada, like a, you know. Well, I guess there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It would I mean, be funny if they drafted Dexter Lawrence and then Nada tweeted, I'm back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you would prefer more of that sort of gap-penetrating, quick, uh, more in the Ed Oliver type than the Dexter, Dexter Lawrence. I mean, they're two so op- kind of polar opposites, it seems like, at defensive tackle. Okay, I like that. Maybe I'll, I would move that one. And then the last one I have here is the guy you took for the Eagles, I believe, in the Athletics mock draft. Okay. And that was uh, Marquise Brown, wide receiver, Oklahoma. Five foot nine, 166 pounds. A little bit concerning there. Uh, he's, a, he's a small little guy. Small little guy. Very productive. 
you know, everyone seems to say Deshaun Jackson clone. He's he did a have small, a small, little, weak man. <laughs> uh, he did. Yeah, it is funny that I had Lawrence and Brown right next to each other here. He had foot surgery in January. You know, the my thought Frank. was, could he be a slot receiver for you? Right away, and then you know he's sort of Deshaun Jackson's backup and eventual replacement on the outside. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's a very possibility. Very, that would be a pretty exciting. Uh, that would be a pretty exciting addition to the offense. Yeah, a guy named Hollywood. Come on. What I yeah. like about the possibility of drafting him is that now this is a little bit separate from you know like a Sidney Jones situation because he hasn't been able to work out for teams, but he is supposed to be ready for next season. I like the, the potential thought process that, you, that he's available at 25, and he wouldn't have been available if he was able to go out and run, you know, like a 4-3-3 or something like that, or, you know, a 4-3-8 or whatever, um, that that might have pushed him up the board, and so you're getting him a little bit, uh, you're getting a bit of a better value than you might otherwise. Uh, that said, there are like, you know, as, as Dane writes about, there are real questions. He is, uh, whether he can handle, you know, the physicality of the game at the next level. But, uh, the thing that they, that everybody says about him is that, you know, the, the Deshaun Jackson comparison is, is easy for any short, fast guy, but what he does so well is he tracks the ball down the field at a similar ability to Deshaun Jackson, which is what makes Deshaun so special. Right. And, you know, I do worry about sort of gambling on the exception and the 166 pound receiver is certainly the exception. I would like to see a like a cut up of his uh, catches from the slot because I know I have read that he was productive from the slot, but I feel like I haven't seen a bunch of uh, examples of that. So, I mean, is he a guy who, you know, sort of that shifty and like you said, he didn't he didn't work out at the combine. So we don't have like the three cone and sort of the change in direction metrics on him. Uh, I would find that a little bit helpful because you, you did just add to Sean Jackson, who you would hope at least maybe can give you like two years as that vertical threat on the outside. So would this player still, you know, would Brown still be able to fill a role um, in addition to Deshaun Jackson? Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. Okay. And now we go to the day two or the trade down guys. Uh, interested to hear what you, you feel, how you feel. Let's go one by one on these. Uh, first one is Jeffrey Simmons, defensive tackle, Mississippi State. Uh, I believe he punched a woman in high school in 2016. Uh, it seemed like he stayed out of trouble in college at Mississippi State. But you have that. It's off-field. funny because like every everything is like, oh, great kid. Uh, like, you Do know, they re- say that they say, yeah, it's like great kid, like big part of the program, like had an incident in high school. But uh, so, I mean, obviously you got to do your due diligence there. I don't know the whole story, but I am very I, I would see, say be very cautious with those narratives about a guy, you know, yes, maybe maybe he maybe it was a one time mistake. And, he, you know, that would be great if he, uh, you know, turned it around. Is and, it I, I don't because I I think that it was like a some kind of like party situation or something, but I, I, we probably shouldn't go into it because I don't know the exact specifics. It was, I mean, what I have read for sure is that it was, I guess, two women in a fight and he jumped in, I think. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know. You're right. We should probably okay. read yeah. that. Uh, Andrew yeah. McCutcheon, bases loaded, bases clearing, double, top of the eighth, gives the Phillies a 7-6 lead. Wow. Mm. How are you feeling about your not winning the 
and they look very good. Their their lineup is fantastic. <laughs> Okay. Uh, there's somebody. It, there's somebody uh, who one of their questions was like, "Is Bo willing to admit that he was <laughs> wrong about Bryce Harper?" It's uh, it's been four <laughs> games into a 13 year contract of 162 games. Let's uh, let's hold off just a little bit. Eh, that's it's still fun to get carried it's away. It's very fun to be into the season. season. You should yeah. you should absolutely uh, you know soak up the the fun. But let's in not, addition let's to that, Simmons al- just yet. Simmons tore his ACL in February. Yeah. Which, uh, that's a factor to me. I mean, yeah. is he gonna, well, I would is hope he, it's a factor. No, I mean, it should be a pretty big factor, right? You're talking about one year where you're not going to get any production from the guy, most right. likely. And a, then uh, a big question mark about how soon he recovers, right? Like, so, you know, he's it, not going to just be himself right away. Right. What got what made me put him in this list was that uh, you had Daniel Jeremiah drew a Fletcher Cox comp. And Lance Zierlein drew a Ndamukongsu comp, so I don't know. Those are two pretty good players. Yeah, I think you've got him in the. Right, I think you've got him in the right spot. I think you know it sounds like if he uh, if if he were healthy and didn't have any uh, off the field stuff, he would be like a top fifteen pick, right? So you know okay. we know that the Eagles have uh, have done that before with Sidney Jones. I don't know if that has affected their appetite for doing it again, but I think you have him in the right place. Okay, this player, I don't want him in this category. I just didn't know where else to put him. And that is Justin Lane, cornerback, Michigan State. Are you familiar with this prospect? I uh, know next to nothing about him. This is a size speed prospect. He transitioned from wide receiver to cornerback, six foot two, tested great athletically, but it sounds like he like, is a, pro- like not project. a scheme, Not a scheme fit to me. Not a scheme fit. Okay, good. Yeah, Although, so we- I, I frankly, he's, I know less about him than anyone else you've mentioned. I think that I think that's good. I mean, I I don't think they're going to pick him, but I just didn't yeah. know where to put him. All right. This next guy is kind of interesting, Taylor Rapp, hmm. strong, strong safety, Washington. Uh, he is not a you know he's not going to play the deep middle for you. Good he's name. not a free free safety guy. Uh, but yeah, ran a very have, slow forty at his pro day. He did, which could knock him into the yeah. No, that's why I think you have him in the right place. Knock him into the second round, said to have great instincts, can do a lot, can blitz, can match up with tight ends, you know, play the run well, uh, big hitter, all those different types of things. Maybe in like the uh, Corey Graham role, he seemed like he could be kind of interesting, you know, just sort of this. He's not like he doesn't seem like a perfect scheme fit, but he seems like someone, uh, you know, you could have a lot of fun with as a uh, in some type of role. Yeah, he doesn't really strike me as a Jim Schwartz type guy, but. Uh, you know, I think you could probably, you could, you could talk yourself into the value in the second round. Okay. Uh, third guy here, third out of four. I think you said they had him in for a visit. DeAndre Baker. Yes. Did you, right. Cornerback Georgia. I, I think someone, yes, who mocked, Kuiper McShay mocked him to the Eagles, I oh, believe, okay. right? So then maybe you should put him in the uh, possibility bucket. Maybe. I don't see it, but. He does. His profile seems to fit what Schwartz likes. You know, competitive, tough corner. Uh, you know, fits kind of the the profile. They like he did test pretty poorly. I don't know that that matters or not, but he was in like the ten percentile athletically um, in terms of spark, which you know maybe it, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. that much, but it might make me a little bit nervous in the first round. And then the last guy I have here is this guy. I think is kind of interesting. I don't know how you pronounce the first name. Jakai? Oh, I think it's Jakai. Jakai. Jakai Polite? Yeah. I think that's right. 
<laughs> you're not, you don't sound very confident. I think that's right. Uh, Jakai, uh, Jakai, it might be Jakai Polite. Okay. Uh, looks like we got a little. Can you have a seeing eye double, or is it just a seeing eye single? You can have it if it is it down the line. No, it was like uh, I think the guy probably the outfielder shouldn't have thrown it home. It may probably shouldn't have been a double. But... Oh, so then it's a single with an advance. It's not really a double. Okay, I don't know. So I'm not is, the official. So what is it now? A three-run lead? Uh, it is. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Eight six or nine six? I don't know. All right. Uh, okay. I'm sure this is going to make for great listening for people after this game's over. Polite was a sub-package defensive end for Florida last year. Uh, Eleven sacks, seventeen and a half tackles for loss, six forced fumbles. But then there were, you know, he had a terrible combine. Lots of questions about. Uh, I liked his interview answer. I mean, I haven't watched it, yeah, but what so did I read. He said, he said teams were calling him in and just bashing him. Yeah. yeah speak the truth, my friend. I think that's totally fine. <laughs> but he in. did like, he, he tested extremely poorly, right? I should make the all Kapadia draft team of, uh, who's the other guy who they say like he doesn't, he's, Jertillery? They say he's not, you know, he's not fully focused on football, right? Yeah, I love a guy like that. I love a guy like that. Give me Tillery and Polita. So my, Tillery's uh, just not in Brugger's top 33. That's why. He's not. Yeah, okay. He's not. So we'll get to him for the next one. Uh, yeah, he did not test well. He pulled out of some drills, but uh, seems like he could be a pretty prolific pass rusher. I know there's some questions. Well, he was a sub-package player in college. Eh, I don't know. I don't care about that. Neither do I. And I think if you're, you know, everybody. If your one skill is getting after the quarterback, that's good enough for me. Everybody will point to the uh, Howie Roseman Florida connection, which I think is probably a little bit overstated. It's not like. It's not like, you know, they give him all the state secrets, but... Yeah, what was that, like 20 years ago? Yeah. Like five regime change? <laughs> right, yeah, like how many coaches ago was that? Um, <laughs> but, you know, theoretically, he'll he'll know as much as anybody, I guess, about about Polite. So, I think you've got him in the right spot. That combine, that, that could be a good thing for the Eagles. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it wouldn't be... Uh, you know, I think they probably would move down, but if they if they took him at twenty five, like that, that's not the craziest thing in the world to me. Also, yeah, and you have a straw. You know, you have Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, two of the leaders. Like, uh, I don't know, it's a good group you're bringing him into. I feel like. Sure. Okay. All right. Okay. That's what I got. That was good. That was good. I've learned more about the. That was a great exercise for me personally. I don't know if anybody will enjoy listening to it, but I enjoyed it. Well, I will tell you this. I was going to go in depth into the uh, the wide receiver stuff. What we will do is we will save that. I like it uh, for next week. And next week we will do. Let's let's make this pledge. The two of us will uh, come down with some some serious thoughts on the wide receivers and the running backs in this draft. How does that sound? Eh. Okay. No, I think I think I can do that. Okay. okay. We'll do that, and then uh, and then we'll go through uh, the next thirty-three. How about that? Perfect. Okay. Uh, Action packed. But we will get to uh, some questions here. We should do that. We promise oh, I some, some burning edge wise. Before we, might we have to do two podcasts next week. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Uh, before we do that, I have uh, I have something to play for you. If I can, uh, if I can figure out how to go from folder to folder on this recorder, that's not going to work. Let's try. I hear beeps. I hear yeah. some beeps. Hmm. Folder. This is just yeah. outstanding. This is this is as good as it gets. 
let's try this. I'll get off my April Fool's take while people hear this. Oh, yeah. Beeping. Why don't you give us your April Fool's take? Well, it was just, I don't know if you saw this. It was like this story that Sean, your boy Sean McVeigh told uh, on somebody's podcast. I want to say, I don't know if it was Adam Schefter or Peter King, but like people were dying at this story. Did you see this? So he like it was like he he accused Kingsbury of tampering or something. Yeah, like I guess he has somebody in his phone, or he changed the guy's name in his phone to Roger Goodell, and then like the guy texted him and Kingsbury and was was like, you know, uh, you guys are out with Mahomes, like this going to be tampering or something. And you know, he said Kingsbury got like real scared at first. I couldn't. I mean, I didn't find it like that funny or amusing at all, but you should like the sports media reaction to this online. This was actually one of uh, Bill Simmons great takes. I thought was like the athlete funny thing where like Mm. in, in, you know, in the world of professional sports, if somebody says something like remotely humorous, it's like the funniest thing anybody's ever heard. Yeah, that's true. And and so this was, I thought a great example of that where I, I like read it and I'm like, so this is not it? as much of an anti April fool's take as it is just an anti, like, uh, thinking something's funny just because it, it, the expectations are so low. Yeah. I mean, people were, you know, okay. I saw tweets like goat prank I'm like this. Yeah, that's good. This I'll tell you what the goat prank was. I always joke about, uh, actually, I don't even know where that's this started, but, uh, somehow we would joke about, you know, putting a squirrel, in the bed so that like my wife wakes up and there's like a squirrel next to her. <laughs> okay. And she, and she would freak out. And so, uh, I once you know, put I, a, like a, my, my mom was like deathly afraid of snakes. And I think I once put a, a rubber snake in her bed <laughs> Fools, which was terribly I thought, rude. I thought you were going to say a real snake. No, 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 no. I'm not that, I'm not that crazy. So, uh, when I was on the road last week, I guess Naya put together this sort of, uh, just paper squirrel did a fantastic job. Wow. And she decided that, you know, they decided they would prank me. And so like the night before April <laughs> Fool's, my wife is like, you know, uh, you, you can't wake up tomorrow until like Naya comes in the room and you got to act scared. Like when you see what happens, so I'm like, okay. And, uh, so I wake up and, uh, you know, they're like, dad, look. And then, you know, there's this big paper squirrel on the bed, uh, next to me. And so I had to give the whole like fake, uh, yeah. freaking out and stuff. And so I thought I did a pretty nice acting job. You sold it? Sold it, and then uh, I guess uh, she took the squirrel to wow. school. Wow, how did they? How did, yeah, how realistic are we talking about? That's pretty cool. No, it it doesn't look like a squirrel at all. Like okay. it's, uh, yeah, but she took it to school and uh, explained to the whole class what she did and was very proud, and everybody laughed. So that's funny. That's great. Tomorrow, See, I'm very, I'm very nervous. Fun. I'm very nervous about tomorrow. I've got to read to uh, Naya's class a book. Really. She's a VIP this week. Oh. So I guess in term, when you get to be the VIP, uh, a parent gets to come in. And not only that, I, don't, I, I really don't know if she's lying about this or not because she started like lying quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> she's, she said that part of this is also like I have to pick a card and then she reads it out and it's a question like – uh, tell us, you know, or something like tell us a story from when you were a kid. Oh, uh, I'm terrified here. I don't know what she's going to pull out of those cards. That sounds fun. I, I can't wait to find out how this goes. We got to we got to get a follow up next week. There's our, a lot of drama today. She wanted me to read this Ninjago book. Uh, I started looking through it. The guy's calling somebody a nitwit. They're talking about skulls, like kicking someone's like Jeez. skulls. It's yeah. I'm like, I, I'm like, this does not sound appropriate. 
And so uh, I had to make her pick another book. Nice. Good job. Well, all right. I'll let you know how it goes next Casey's week. Casey's thing these, day, the, these days is, is he just like he just pulls out a book. Like he just wants to pull out all the books one at a time. Mm. Uh, but he also like sometimes will just like he just like flips through a whole book. But sometimes he's looking at it upside down and he's like, it's, it's very funny. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a quick shout out to uh, listeners Craig and Emily and their early bird, the delivery of, uh, of young Sienna. Congratulations. Where, where did we get wind of this? I didn't see this. We got this on a, uh, we got this on a DM. He didn't want it to, to be seen. Oh. His friend alerted us. Congratulations. So a little, uh, a little shout-out to uh, Craig, Emily, and Sienna. Now, uh, Sheila, I have uh, something for you. Are you ready? It's a nice, I like that name, Sienna. Yeah, I like that name, too. Okay. Yes. Okay, here we go. Terrified here. God, how many rings? Thank you for calling Burl Abbott Bean Roast House Media. This is Benjamin speaking. How can I help you? Hi, I have a, a bit of a weird question, if you don't mind. I know. Uh, uh, do you have a policy on bringing outside drinks into uh, into the establishment if you're still going to order something else? Um, we have a no outside food or drink policy. I'm sorry. You do? Okay, so I couldn't bring like a, like a can of seltzer or whatever. So, that's all me. What's that? She was trying not to be rude. She said no. And then, well, let me tell the full story. And then he said, uh, that would probably be fine if you bring in a seltzer, which I think. Wait, I couldn't hear well. Was that a man or a woman? It was a man. I don't want to say his name because I don't want to, you know, uh, that's it's I don't want to put him on blast. But, uh, you know, he said that would be fine. By the way, I was like more nervous to make that call than like anything I've ever done. Uh, but sure. then he called back minutes later oh. and said he talked to his manager and the manager said there is a no food or drink policy. So let me tell you how I read that. Let me tell you how I read that. I do not think that you have uh, taken victory here. I oh, think, I think, what? I think his reaction that common sense prevails if you are just going to bring in a seltzer, uh, as opposed, if you're, if you're still going to order stuff, is correct. He was reading it. That was his opinion of what should happen. And then the manager comes over and says, uh, well, no, we've got to be strict about this policy. So uh, I think Burlap and Bean in, in uh, particular, maybe you want to avoid it because they have this policy. However, I think common sense prevails. He knew what was right when he gave his honest reaction. Give me a freaking break. Are you kidding me? Shield's wife was right. He told you the policy, and then you pushed, and the poor guy doesn't want to be confrontational with this weirdo customer. (laughs) He's probably got this long line, and he's got someone calling in with this dumb question, and he's like, well, you know, fine. We're not going to kick you out. 
if you bring in a seltzer, you could tell by the tone of his voice, he's like, what kind of jerk would do this? And what kind of jerk would call in and then do this, first of all? Then the poor guy, he's got other stuff to do. He goes and asks his manager because he doesn't want to get in trouble. And they give you their official policy. Uh, I am vindicated. Thank you, everybody who stood by me both on the iTunes. You left reviews. Some of you tweeted. And listen, this does not reflect poorly at all on them as an establishment. It is a great establishment. I will continue to give them all of my business, even as these other coffee places pop up in and around media. That's the spot. They've got the coffee. They've got the Wi-Fi. Nice seating arrangement. I can get, you know, what really separates, I feel, these coffee places sometimes is <laughs> what kind of food can you get there? I can get a smoothie there. I can get an avocado toast if I want. I had some kind of weird bowl that was delicious last time. Uh, the official coffee place of Shield Kapadia, mate. Not of the Kapadia family, not of Birds with Friends, but I stand with you, and I thank you for making this right. I feel great. I, I know you feel great. I feel like I have given you uh, a real present. Oh, I can't wait till my wife listens to hour <laughs> twenty five minutes in. I'm we still, let, we I'm still going. Bad I'm still going. Sheila's wife was right. That really was. You know, I don't like birthdays, but uh, that was like a late birthday present from you to me. Thank you. Uh, tell me, what do I do? Like, if there's someone who I follow on Twitter who who like knows me or like you know, is, is someone who I know, but I like, I just, I cannot stay in their Twitter feed. What do I do? You, you just mute them. You can just mute. But then like, what if they, if they at me and I miss it? Well, yeah, you will miss it. I think they can't at you if you mute yeah, them. No, I know. Start a list. Why don't you have a, t- I have a Twitter list. Yeah, you're probably right. You think I want to see tweets of all these people I follow? Yeah, you're right. All right, let's get to the questions. We'll uh, we'll go rapid fire here. Uh, from Mike Meach, how far do you think Bryce Harper could throw a football? Mm-hmm. Sixty yards. I'm gonna say uh, maybe, maybe more. Seventy? Yeah. No, I don't think seventy. No, I don't think seventy. Did he play football? I mean, how 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 far could he hit a football? I think is a better question. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. Yeah. Do you think he could hit a football out of a stadium? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. That feels like it would be impossible. Okay. I don't think it's impossible if you hit in the right, right, right spot. Really? Oh, I, need, I need like a physicist to chime in here. I cannot picture that in my head. Okay. Because, uh, I mean, how, how hard would the football have to be thrown? And then, like, you know, how are you – when it's thrown that hard, how are you going to hit it? I mean, it's it got to like be the, like a soft I, toss. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. With a wooden bat? Hmm. I mean, if anyone can do it. Okay. It's probably me, but if someone else can do it, right. it could be Bryce Harper. Okay. Uh, Crane Kicker, do you think uh, we should trade Wentz for Foles and Fournette? <laughs> yes, that would be fun. Okay. Uh, no. Kill a Cow, what is your favorite seltzer flavor brand agnostic? I've been thinking about this all day, and I don't have a good answer. I, think, I don't really like seltzer much. I, I mean, I'll, I'll drink like one a month. I think the if, safest one for me is probably black cherry. Uh, but I like a grapefruit, you know, lime of, of the, uh, you know, the boilerplate ones is pretty safe. I think I would go, I think I would go black cherry though. If I'm going to, if you're going to tell me 
I have it's going to be anywhere, and I don't know where, and, and I got to try to be safe about it. That's probably what I would go for. Lemur had a seltzer take recently. He said he only really likes he needs the Dasani skinny bottle seltzer. He feels like tastes different than the rest of them. I think that one's okay. Okay, I like a Schweppes. Isn't Schweppes ginger ale? They've got uh, seltzer water too. Uh, Andrew Moore, if the Eagles could get a Fletcher Cox slash Brandon Graham type player at 12 or 13, does it make sense to package picks and move up that high rather than stockpile good to great players in the late first second? Uh, yeah, I think if it's, uh, you know, that's why I say Ed Oliver. I feel like that is, uh, that is the Eagles dream scenario. But see, the problem is, you know, when he says that, like, are you guaranteeing me I'm getting a Fletcher Cox or Brandon Graham like that, you know? You're not guaranteed, so you're really being okay, yeah, confident your in your evaluation. Higher. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think there's a great need for them to trade up, to be quite honest. Okay. Uh, Shield, first time, long time. What do you think about the Russell Wilson contract deadline? Your well, boy. I was confused. When I first read this, I thought that the deadline was uh, – I wasn't – you know, when there's a deadline, it indicates something's going to happen when that deadline hits. And I'm not clear as to what happens when the deadline hits. He retires. At, well, I thought at first but it was like he wasn't going to show up for whatever, but that's not it. I guess it's that once the deadline hits, he doesn't want to discuss it until the end of the season. And I, uh, I actually, that's not a bad way to handle it. That way you just avoid all the questions mm. in the summer during the season. Okay. I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, really, his camp can make the case or would make the case that he should be the highest-paid player quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I think that's realistic. Because quarterbacks get paid a lot, and he's 30, and he's never missed a game, and I tweeted out some of the statistics. And so uh, at this point, you know, again, Wentz might beat his number. I don't know. I'm sure it'll be in the same ballpark and some of these other guys. But uh, that's the argument he will make. But everything the Seahawks do indicates that they don't believe he like is worth that you know when you see the moves they make and how much they run the ball and all that and so uh i don't know i think it it i do think it could get a little bit messy uh dr cliff patel has a peck nest migrate for shield bird lines two can you and peck nest migrate Mm. uh two can you i'm gonna migrate i figured that would be the case I enjoy a bird lines, so I will nest the bird lines. And you'll peck, peck, nest, migrate? Uh, and I'll peck, peck, nest, migrate, yeah. Okay. Uh, Glenn Ohal, Avante Maddox for D. Johnson, straight up. So let's go through this. Would you trade Avante Maddox for Duke Johnson? No, would absolutely you, not. Would you trade him for David Johnson? Well, that's who I thought he meant initially, actually. Um it's it's tough with the contract, right? They cannot. Uh, yeah, I mean, he gets paid a ton of money. He gets paid a ton of money. I mean, just the player, yeah, absolutely. But I don't know if I would want that kind of. I would have to dig deeper into his contract. I don't know that I would want that contract on my books. Would you at trade running, running Avante Maddox for cornerback Dante Johnson? Is that the uh, Panthers? I don't know what team he's on. He went to NC no. That's State. Dante Jackson. Uh, yes, that's well, Dante that, Jackson. Well, then the answer is no. Would you trade Avante Maddox for Dustin Johnson, the golfer? No. Would you trade Avante Maddox for Dwayne The Rock Johnson? 
Yes. Um, that might be all my John T. Johnsons. Okay. Not Dirk Johnson. Hmm. Good one. How about the oh co- boy? Uh, what? Error by the Phillies. We got ourselves a wild afternoon game. Tied up 8-8 in the oh, bottom wow. of the eighth. How about Don Johnson from Miami Vice? No. And Nash Bridges. Okay. You know, my, I had a Miami Vice t-shirt at one time. That was awesome. I what? I think it was my sister's. Yeah, that doesn't sound like it's something that you, that you can pull off. Oh, no. No, it was like a white t-shirt, but then it said, like, I think it said Miami Vice and uh, the pink and the blue and the black. Outstanding T-shirt. Feels like Miami Vice was a little bit before your time. Yeah, well, it was the youngest of three, so some of those, you know. Yeah, that's why I think it was. Uh, they were the cooler ones. You're the little kid, and you get roped into, you know, like Three's Company. Like that was before my time, but I watched Three's Company. Okay. Coming uh, back on that door. Wow, you are you are an old head. Uh, SRM Chef. Do the Eagles make any draft day trades? What players can get traded as a part of those deals? Who do you think is the is the likeliest draft day player who would be traded by the Eagles on draft day? Oh, that's a good one. Mm, let's see. Let's think out loud here. I think you could make a good case for Nelson Aguilar if they uh, draft a receiver. And then I think you could make a good case for any of the corners. I would probably water gun to my head say Rasul Douglas is the likeliest. Okay, I like those. Sidney Jones, I, think, I could see. Jalen Mills, I potentially could see. Well, Mills will probably be tough if he's coming off an injury. Yeah, that's right. Sidney Jones is a good one. I mean, if Doug, I could get a third-round pick for Sidney Jones, I would do it You know, yesterday. Well, that, w- that was interesting that it went a little bit under the radar. I thought Doug Peterson was asked about you know some players being injured uh, and other guys having an opportunity in the spring. And he's like, yeah, some of these young guys. And he named Sidney Jones, like, yeah. in the group. Like, Sidney Jones is not a, a, you know, he's a backup who's going to get a chance because Jalen Mills is injured. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. but Yeah, that, uh, was, that was interesting, I thought. What about, I think this was another question we got, which I thought was a good one. So, I don't know if I should ruin it or not. But didn't okay. somebody a- ask if uh, Halapulavati Vitae is sort of a under-the-radar trade candidate? Hmm. I thought that was really interesting, actually. Yeah, I think that's possible. Going into the last year of his deal, you know, I, I think if you're a team looking for a left tackle, he obviously didn't play well last year. You don't but get I think, a guy in the first round or second round. I mean, he's che- he's so cheap. Right, but you're. I mean, if you're going to trade for him, you're going to sign him to an extension, but probably yeah. not a, not, a, not a, an expensive one. Right, you're not going to sign him to like the Trent Brown extension. You right, know? so it's uh. I thought that was a pretty fascinating thing. If internally you're feeling good about Mylata, or if you draft somebody, right. if you draft a tackle that you like, uh, I think that is a something that could happen. Yeah, it feels like I could see that. Yeah, that's probably about it. Unless like someone's going to give you a seventh round pick for one of the running backs. <laughs> Who like. on earth? Why on earth would anybody do that? I mean, I'm just saying. Which running back? I don't know. Hmm. Would you take a Would you take a, a fifth for Corey Clement? Oh, Corey Clement. Uh, I don't know. I I have no idea what to make of Corey Clement until yeah, we get clarification on the injury. Who knows? I like I like him as a player. So do I. I liked him as a player, yeah. but I just so that that's 
too difficult to answer without all the information. Question from Nick Lingle about the Eagles' uh, win total over under at nine and a half. Uh, I think I'd like to wait till the actual schedule comes out, but uh, early thoughts is that I would like the over. Is that what it is? Nine and a half? Yeah. Ooh. I'm uh, pretty bullish. I'm pretty bullish on this team right now, so to be quite I. honest. So am I. I don't like it. You no, know, I know, but the division's like so be bad. I'm skeptical, yeah. but uh, I, I kind of like the I like the roster, like you said, the the division, the conference. Those things are in their favor. I think uh, Warren Sharp did his schedule analysis. I don't know if you saw that, uh, but their schedule, like you know, he does the strength of schedule based on Vegas win totals, which I always enjoy. Mm-hmm. And they have like a pr- very easy schedule compared to. Right, uh, I I think they have one of like the five easiest schedules. Well, yeah, because they because they play a bad because they play in right. a bad division and the AFC East is a bad division. Exactly. So, uh, I you know, never tell a man how to spend his money or raise his kids. But if you're a uh, gambling man, I think you mm. might want to jump on that over. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Eagles HQ is the one who asked the Vitae question. Although he thinks they could get a three for Vitae, I think that's unlikely. What do you th- I don't I don't know what they could get. That's interesting. I think a four is probably okay. Uh, Colin Humphreys, I like this one. Peckness migrate the unwritten rules in baseball: throwing at a hitter in retaliation, no celebrating after a strikeout or home run, and no talking about a no hitter in progress. I really hate the unwritten rules of baseball. I don't know how you feel. Well, well this I, is a, this is an easy one for me. Uh, the I migrate no celebrating very easily. Like you hit a bomb. Uh, you strike somebody out, go for it. Although, you know, strikeouts are easier to come by these days. Uh, then I I think there are situations in which throwing at someone's back, not at the head, but, you know, throw it, throw at their uh, back or, or their, hine, their hiney is uh, necessary if, the, if someone's going spikes up or something in the field. I don't think it's for, I don't think it's for like hitting a home run or like you got beat. But if, if someone's like doing something dirty in the base pass, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a time and a place. That's why I would, I would uh, peck that one. And then I would, uh, I would, what does that mean? Oh, I would, uh, I would nest no, uh, talking about a no hitter in progress because that's kind of a fun thing. Um, what was I going to say here? I think I forgot. You just said you don't like the unwritten rules. I don't like the unwritten rules. Uh, I, I really hate just like throwing at somebody. Uh, you know, I don't love it. Give me a break. I, I uh, you know, in a, in a past life, I, 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 I'm sad to say that I did throw at some people. Especially in, especially like a reliever or an American League pitcher where you never even have to bat. Yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, garbanzo beans. I mean, get out of here with that. Like, give me a break. Especially, you know, fine. All right, if someone does something dirty, I still think it's stupid. But especially if it's for like a bat flip or, you know, oh, this guy was showing him up. You got to like. Give me, get over yourself. Grow up. So I don't know where that leaves me. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, how many players on the Eagles are better than every player on the Giants except for Saquon Barkley? <laughs> oh my so who's the second best player on the Giants? The second best player on the Giants. I mean, Boy. who is it? Like Sterling Shepard or something like that? Sterling Shepard, the- Will Hernandez. The, oh no, it's, it's probably the the guard, the Zeitler, the guard they just traded uh, for. Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> Evan Ingram. How about Evan Ingram? Evan Ingram, sure. When he's healthy. Yeah. Who's on de- their de- their defense is Very truly bad. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, there's nobody good. 
Janoris Jenkins is probably the best player on the defense. Most I guess talented player, yeah. yeah. Dalvin Tomlinson, maybe. Uh, okay, so let's see. Uh, is Deshaun Jackson better than uh, Kevin Zeitler? Yes, yeah. I would think. I mean, if I was starting a team, I'd rather more. have Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Okay. So one, uh, Alshon. Two, uh, Jason Peters. I mean, you could say yes. You okay, could convince go, me of yes. Okay, three. Uh, Kelsey, four. Brooks, let's call him healthy, five. Lane Johnson, six. Uh, Ertz, seven. Wentz, okay. eight. Josh Adams, nine. Huh. No. Uh, what did you go? Dallas Goddard? No, I okay. think. Who would you rather? That's an interesting question. Who would you rather have, Evan Ingram or Dallas Goddard? Mm, that's a good one. I would probably rather have Evan Ingram if I, if I knew that he was injured. If you're not injured. Uh, I think it's pretty close, though. I it's think close. if you put Goddard on the Giants, where he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's getting close. a lot of targets. Okay. Okay, so that's eight on offense. Fletcher Cox is nine. Uh, Brandon Graham, probably not. Really? I don't know. Maybe. I'm, I'm, willing, to, gonna, I'm willing to be talked into yeah, it. Yeah, Graham's going to affect a game more than Zeitler. Okay, ten. Uh, Derek Barnett. That's tough coming off the injury. but Okay. That's, N- that's... Nigel Bradham. Uh, no, I would say no to Nigel Malcolm Bradham. Jenkins is 11. Yeah. Avante Maddox? No, I don't think I would okay, go so that Okay, so 11. Far. 11 players okay. are better than everybody but, <laughs> <laughs> but Saquon Barkley on the Giants. What a, what a great question that was. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, do you believe Jalen Mills is one of the starters at corner, if healthy, and if so, why? If healthy, so he's saying. Okay. Yeah. Healthy, like as healthy as he was last year, right? Yeah. Not just. Okay. I think yes, but I think we don't know about his health. I think that's right. Yeah, I think he's the best uh, tackler, and I think uh, Jim Schwartz likes uh, him. I'm not saying 100 percent he deserves to be, but yeah, I agree. Jim Schwartz likes him, like you said. Uh, so yeah, I would lean towards yes. Uh, Peckness migrate, awful flight edition. So you are on a four and a half hour flight. Which of these three things, uh, these are the Peckness migrates. The person takes their shoes and socks off immediately after sitting down. The person brings a tuna salad sub and wasabi peas on for the flight. And the person is noticeably not wearing deodorant and definitely needs it. Oh, God. I actually think that the shoes and socks is what I would have to, what is what I would have to nest. Yes, that's right. Um yeah, I feel like that smell mixes in better with the like the 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 airplane smell. Yeah, I, I don't know that the other two are tough. I I might have that tuna salad sub might have to be my migrate. I'm migrating that. Yeah, that that is a. Uh, I've yes. always hated that smell. So I don't I. know how you meat eaters so eat that. I. It's like I'm so thankful to be a vegetarian whenever I smell that. Uh, and then you know, like a little bo. All right, that's not going to be great, but like. Listen, I've smelled BO throughout my life. Yeah, so. yeah I think that's... <laughs> you know, I can... Uh... I think that one's going to... Uh, <laughs> I would hope that that one, you sort of... Your your nose gets used to it a little more. Like the tuna salad is just... It's never going to leave. I think that's yeah. right, yeah. It Ooh. feels like the BO, like it might be like every 45 seconds you're catching a whiff, but you do have a break in between. And it feels like the uh, tuna salad would just be constant... Yeah, gross. I agree. Uh, th- there was a guy. A guy went uh, uh, sleeveless on my flight from <laughs> LAX to Philadelphia. Like, wow. dude, cover the pits, my man. Come That's on. tough. 
I'm not saying you can never take a whiff, but my goodness. Yeah, hopefully he was coming off some kind of big event where he, where he was taking a whiff. He was a big, strong, powerful man. Okay. He, he looked kind of like maybe, a little maybe, nada, actually. Maybe he couldn't find any <laughs> sleeves that would that maybe. would go around the, uh, the old pythons. It's possible. All right, last one. Uh, have you seen this thing about the uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton conversation with Namdi Asimov in Philly? <laughs> yeah, I did. It's very that. funny. Uh, so someone says, in honor of the upcoming Clinton Namdi event, which of the 2020 candidates would you most trust to take over for Jim Schwartz tomorrow? Oh, God. Mm. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not well-versed in all of their backgrounds. So who do we got here? We, we got uh, Beto, Kamala. Are we talking about the, the uh, Democratic candidates? Well, I guess so. I don't think anybody has declared on the other side. Well, I, I mean, I didn't know if we could yeah. choose if, 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 like, Trump was a possibility I mean, or you not. could, I suppose. Okay. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, Biden, you could say, uh, is, uh, is at least from the area. So maybe, maybe he's uh, drumming up some fan base. Uh, Beto, you know, from Texas, maybe he's got some football knowledge. True. Uh, Kamala Harris, I'm not so sure. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, you know, very committed to policy. I could see her, I could see her diving deep into defensive schematics. Uh, Pete Buttigieg feels like a, you know, like a wonderkind. He's, he's from South Bend. They've got some, some football history there. Um, what else we got? Uh, Cory Booker played football. You oh, probably got to well, go. You, you go. got to go, Cory Booker. Okay. Yeah, that's the answer. I mean, I was thinking I do like the now. This is this is taking over for Jim Schwartz, and this is we want the person to be competent or like the most interesting from uh, a good question media perspective. I think it's probably you want them to be competent, but okay, all right. Uh, for, for our jobs, I would think that. Uh, Trump as the defensive coordinator would probably be the most uh, interesting. Oh, get out of here. I cannot believe you said that. <laughs> that would be, that no. would be the most to write oh about. That would be the most to write about. Oh, my God. I hate you so much. <laughs> How would it not be? Who knows what oh, he would be there's doing nothing funny. There's nothing funny about him. It's just... As a defensive coordinator was the question. We already get lied to enough by the coaches. I would think that uh, I do like the Texas connection. And I was thinking Biden, you know, he would be most likely, I feel like, to delegate and just be like smoking a cigar on the sideline or something. That's probably correct. So that might not be bad either. Okay. All right. Anything else? Well, you really ended this one on a sour note. Oh, give me a break. All right. (laughs) Answer the question. Okay. Um, All right. I guess that'll do it for this marathon episode. Of Birds with Friends. We'll be back next week, uh, maybe a couple times, as we uh, continue to prepare for the draft. You got anything else to say? An hour and 47 minutes. My God, is anybody going to listen to this? Mm, Probably not. Okay. Okay. Thanks for listening, and as always, we love you.